Happy Sunday, Tampa Bay. We're back on another edition of the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. I'm Robert Johnson filling in for Andrew Duncan. I'm president of the Duncan Duo here with Mike Corgan from Cross Country Mortgage. How are you doing, Mike? I'm doing great. Good morning. Good. <laughs> Thanks. Good morning to you too. I'm always uh, I'm always happy to fill in when Andrew's not here and I know he's uh, he's out this week. So wanted to um, just talk about what's going on in the local real estate market. I feel like I don't get to talk to you as often as I used to, which is a good thing and a bad thing because I feel like you're you're so knowledgeable when it comes to what's going on in the mortgage market. And the mortgage market right now is just, I mean, is just crazy. I mean, I saw this week that refinances are still, I think I saw something like 81% higher than a year ago. And I know we hit more record lows as far as um, as mortgage rates goes. And I know you guys are probably crazy, crazy busy. Yeah, and I appreciate the kind words. Yeah, I think it was this week when the Mortgage Bankers Association announced on Wednesday, I think it was the the 17th time this year um, that they announced record low um, on the 30-year uh, fixed mortgage, according to Freddie Mac. And so, yeah, rates have been um, and continue to be historically low. Um, and the mortgage market has been extremely busy and um there is just a, a lot going on and there's just what's the, the best part about all of it when we talk about how busy and everything else is going on is we've been so fortunate. We've been able to help so many people out there, whether it's purchasing a new home or even refinancing their home. As you had mentioned, refinances are up enormously um, year over year. I mean, even people that bought last year. Um, even sometimes the beginning of this year, rates have dropped so much that they're already refinancing because it just makes financial sense. Which is um, which and, is and just crazy. I mean, that's is. just crazy. <laughs> yeah, it re it really really is, and it it's um, so it's been really really good. Um, the low interest rate environment has been really really good for um not just the mortgage market but the real estate market in general. And um, even with the increase in prices that we've had and the appreciation that we've had, you know, locally and nationwide, but locally, especially compared to where rates were a year ago to where they are now, um, it still actually is cheaper. Um, so a lot of people, there's an affordability myth out there that we keep hearing about in the media kind of gets it wrong at a lot of times is that, you know, they're saying, oh, well, affordability is getting getting out of whack and it is, you know, people aren't going to be able to afford homes, but with the drop in interest rates versus the appreciation, still the amount of money that, that you're writing a check for every single month when you pay your mortgage is still less than it was a year ago. Right. Well, and that's what I kind of, I mean, as, as a realtor, um, and you know, somebody that's looking at prices all the time and then house payments and, you know, most people are worried about what they're paying per month for their housing costs. Yep. I just worry about, you know, what happens when rates eventually do go up? Because not that not that I worry about it tomorrow or, or even over the next year, even if it bumps up a little bit, but, you know, eventually rates will most likely go up. So I just worry about as far as if somebody bought a house for, let's say 500,000 and then rates go up a little bit and then they're wanting to sell that. It's, I worry about the people that are coming along next that want to buy that property. You know, what are their monthly costs going to be? Um, you know, what are they looking at? And is that going to put downward pressure on prices? That's what I worry about as a, as a realtor um, and as somebody that wants to resell that home for a seller. Sure. And, and, and while that's, that can be a valid concern, I think what you're going to find over the course of time, and obviously the statistics will need to play out. We'll need to see what happens. Um, is that incre incomes have been steadily increasing 
yes. um, as the statistics come out. So over the course of time, even though there has been the appreciation in the price um, of the homes and it gets higher, and if the rates go up, obviously if the rates go up, the more your monthly payment's gonna go up. There's no doubt about it. But there also is, you know, incomes have been increasing and as we get out of the pandemic, hopefully, and, and the vaccine gets out there and it, it starts, we get back to more of a, whatever the new normal of life is gonna be. I mean, the economy gets humming again. Um, I think you're gonna see that the income um, increase even more. And, and, and you know, on a, on a, you know, we look at average hourly rates um, and weekly wages of how much they're actually putting into their pocket. And if that is going up, they'll be able to afford more and it'll be able to continue on along with the, the price appreciation, even if rates do go up a little bit. Um, well, and that, I don't I, I don't think that it's going to be a monthly affordability thing. I worry about it almost more on the seller side. So sellers have this idea that they're going to live in homes and make all this money when they sell it. And I think when they look at the cost of the amount of time that they were there, they're going to have done really well um, in what they paid to actually live in the house. Um, but I worry about, um, you know, are they going to walk away with all this equity? Um, but maybe because there's downward pressure on pricing, they won't be able to. But the good part is that because rates are low, they're actually paying off a lot of times more of their of their um, their principal in the sure. monthly payment. You know? Yeah, absolutely. More of their the payment they make every single month is going towards their principal balance, driving that down. Yeah. Um, you know, quicker. And we're seeing that a lot too with other people that are out there that have you know, are looking at refinancing this year that have already bought, right? And they're in their home and which even exacerbates this more is that they're go looking at lower terms because a lot of people are able to go into, you know, maybe a 20 year, uh, a 20 year mortgage or even sometimes a 15 year mortgage. And because the rates are so much lower, it's still lower than the payment they were on the 30. And so if you have a shorter term, um, you know, mathematically, just more of your payment, because you're paying it off in a shorter amount of time goes towards the principal balances, paying that down, which will will increase their equity position as well. Right, right, right. Um, and then as far as, I mean, what is the general rule on refinances? Do you have a general rule of what you think is a good idea to refinance? Because I know sometimes they say, well, if you're going to be in the home for five years, you know, maybe you should look at refinancing or if the point, you know, if the points have went down, uh, you know, a percentage less than what you have. I mean, right. what, what do you think personally is your general rule where somebody should say, yeah, I need to really actually look at refinancing? I would say that um, there is no there is no necessarily set number. It's not like 1% lower or half percent lower or anything else. I would tell people that if you're sitting there out there today with a 3.75% interest rate or higher, that I would be reaching out to my mortgage professional and talking to them about what are my options and do things make sense for me to do so. And right. um, it, because a lots of times they do, and most of the times they do, and we'd love to be able to help you and run. And most, uh, mortgage professionals out there will give you a free, no cost, you know, quote, and there's no obligation to it. So you can find out what your options are um, to be able to do so because, um, and so I would say anything below 3.75 right now, or, you know, you have 3.75 or higher, I would be reaching out to be able to do so. Um, it just makes a lot of sense. And you're certainly going to want to take advantage um, of the low rates while they're here. Uh, yeah, I, it's funny because I just feel like I can't keep, I can't believe that rates keep getting 
lower. I feel like every week I'm going to check it and it's going to say, well, they bumped up this week or, well, this is going better this week and the rates bumped up and they keep getting lower. I mean, I think, you know, they could go lower, but I'm just surprised that every week they eke out lower and lower and lower. And I just think, oh my gosh, I mean, how low is it going to go before it's just crazy? Lo- I mean, it's right. Crazy and, low. Yeah. And so this, the, we talked to a lot of people about this and they say, well, they've gone lower and lower all year. And you've been telling people to refinance all year. And if I just would have waited, I get lower today than I would have six or eight or nine months ago. And that certainly is true. And that will hold true until it doesn't. Right. Yeah. And so right. what I tell people is, you know, I would take advantage of, if it were me. Right. Um, and, and I was looking to refinance, I would look at it now and see what the opportunity is. Could it go lower? Of course it could, but it also could go higher. And your risk reward is, you know, rates are probably going to stay range bound here for the next year or so is, is my, you know, opinion and prediction. And, and, you know, I have the statistics to back it up, meaning, you know, if we could give you a 2.75 on a 30 year fix today, it may be a range from, you know, maybe two and a half to three and a half over the course of the next year. And so while we're at the lower end of that range, we would want to lock in now um, and and get you, you know, taken care of now because it's going to be your best. And then just don't look back. Right. You right. don't because but you don't what you don't want to do is wait, 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 wait. And a lot of people wait for the bottom. And we see this in our business. They're waiting for this magical bottom. And at some point it'll happen. But usually you don't know it happened until it's over and it's already bounced. Right. Yeah, right. So the, and then people are like, oh, man, I missed it. And oh, then we I should get have a wave yeah. of business because now they're their fear of missing out, you know, yep. that FOMA. And right. so I, that's I would tell people to jump in now. Well, and I feel like it's also like gas prices. So they trickle down, they trickle down, they trickle down. And then when they go up, they like shoot up very fast and very right. quickly. So I feel like um, in order to save a few dollars you know, what's weighed, if you wait another week, you could save dollars, but you could also take a gamble and it could jump up and then you've lost all that and, and more, because I feel like when it rises, it definitely rises faster than it falls. And that could be my, my negative sentiment, but that's, that that's what I feel well, no, like. It's especially. True. I mean, there, there's that line in there. When we talk about rates, it's like, you know, they take the stairs down, but they take the elevator up, right? There you so go. it takes a while to go down, but when they go up, they can go up and they can go up quickly. And um, because they have been so low for so long, if, if factors, economic factors or things come out that suggest that they're going to go up, you may see some big moves um, in short term swings that that will make them rise quick. And so that's why, you know, I recommend to anybody and I'm not just saying this to out there. I mean, I'm telling my friends, my family, you know, and, and you know, this year we've done a lot of refinances for friends, family, people that are, are, are we're close with. Because it just makes sense. And right. I, you, well, you should just do it. And you're actually missing out if you don't. And it, it's just a wise financial situation. Awesome. So if they want to refinance and or if they want to at least talk to somebody about refinancing or get a quote that you talked about or or whatever questions they have, how can they get in touch with you? Because I, yeah, I, sure. I hope that people do, because it can really save you a lot of money. That's somebody that's I'm not in mortgages. I'm on the real estate side. So I asked Michael out of these questions as a consumer because I don't know. And I think that people can save a lot of money. So how can they contact you? 
Yeah, thank you. We actually closed on somebody um, this week that um, had called in from the radio show. So uh, it's funny that you say that. We're actually we're just finishing up with somebody and they're they're signing their paperwork this week. But you can always reach out to me directly at 813-377-2743. Again, it's 813-377-2743. Or you can go to crosscountrytampa.com crosscountrytampa.com and Jennifer Wonderland who works with the Duncan duo and their team um, can help you out. Either one of us can help you out and again, give you a free, um, no obligation, um, you know, quote to just see where you're at and see if it makes sense. That's awesome. I'm, I'm glad that somebody called in from the radio show because I feel like that, you know, that's what we're here for. I, and I do feel like that's like free money. So I I'm, I'm glad that you were able to do that for somebody. So we'll be right back right after this quick break. And we're back here on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. I'm Robert Johnson, president of the Duncan Duo, here with Mike Corrigan from Cross Country Mortgage. And we appreciate you joining us this week on the Duncan Duo Show. So we were talking about um, refinances and just what's going on in the housing market and really the uh, increase in, well, the decrease in interest rates and the increase in prices. And, you know, I know when, when, um, you know, when you purchase a home, there's a process to go through when you get a mortgage. And it's, you know, you apply for the mortgage, you're looking at the property, you find out what you get pre-approved for. Um, you know, then you're going out to look at properties, you're going through an inspection, and then a lot of times an appraisal. And it used to be when the mortgage market and the housing market were really just not great. Um, you know, the uh, everything was you know, very, very, very appraisal driven and very, very, I mean, everybody was afraid of lending money that they wouldn't get back. And people were afraid to take on loans that they wouldn't be able to pay back. And it was just, it was a very, very hard time in the housing market. When I got in, I heard, you know, oh, well, we didn't have to go through appraisals like we, like we do now. And we don't have to do this now. And, you know, and I know with refinances, there's, there's different requirements, but I've actually heard that there is, you know, it is coming back where the the property isn't all the time having to get an appraisal in order to get financing. I mean, is that true, Mike, or how does that work? Because I'm yeah, and again, it, I'm yeah. asking you as a consumer. Yeah, no, it absolutely is true. There are certain situations where you don't need an appraisal, and really, after the financial crisis, and and that there became a standards that were set with how appraisals were done. Prior to that, there was a lot of scrutiny that there was a lot of subjectivity to it. So, you know, there, it it was all based on opinion and not, so they, they standardize a lot of it. And so Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac did on the way appraisers appraise properties and they had to meet certain criteria. Well, so that was back in 2010 that the home value um, code of conduct was passed. And so since then, every time an appraisal is done, information is run through a computer and So they're keeping data on all of this. So now over the last 10 years, they've created a a, a whole huge amount of data. So Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac have this information. So if you're going to buy a house or even refinance a house and there is data supporting what, so they know what it appraised for last time and it's all the computers. They, and they see that they know what appreciation rates are in certain areas. They can see what else is selling. And again, it's all automatic and everything else is that, when you go get under contract to buy a new house or you're refinancing and we plug in the address and you know plug in the value of what's there, there are times that it, it will spit out to us through our automated system an appraisal waiver. And in that case, you don't need to get an appraisal that Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are accepting the value as stated as we put it on there 
um, and we'll be able to do so. So we see it a lot more on refinances than we do purchases, but we certainly have done, you know, a handful or more of purchases this year where we've been able to say to people, um, you know, we don't need to get an appraisal and that's just, you know, additional uh, savings they get. They don't have to spend the, you know, 450 or $500 for to, to get an appraisal, which is always nice when you're, you're, you're buying a home. Well, yeah. And I mean, I'm going to tell you that as somebody who works with sellers, I mean, and I'm sure you see this too, everybody sees it, but you know, the appraisal, even though, you know, I mean, sometimes you just get a bad appraisal and it's, yeah. it's a, it's a, that's all you can say about it. I mean, everybody can argue, but sometimes, you know, everybody can even kind of agree. It might not be about, it might be a bad appraisal and that can really create issues during the process. So I feel like as a, as a buyer or, or as a lender, if you're saying that, you know, this, this property or, or whatever doesn't need an appraisal, I feel like that is, um, a huge weight lifted off of everybody's shoulders because everybody wants it to appraise. The buyer wants it to appraise. The seller wants it to appraise. The agents wants it to appraise. The mortgage company wants it to appraise. Yep. Um, so I think that that's a big weight lifted off of everybody's shoulders. Plus it's a cost savings to the buyer that yes, they don't absolutely. have to pay out of their pocket. So, I mean, I think that that is awesome. Are you, and you're seeing that more, I would assume, especially with, with prices going up over the past year. Yeah, I mean, this is really something that just started to get kind of on the radar in the last year where we're starting to see them before that you didn't. So we have, you know, with the low interest rates coming in, the market coming more people refinancing and most importantly, the appreciation going up and yeah. all that statistics. And as farther we get away from 2010 and the more data that is in there. So now there's been a huge rush of, of mortgage activity this year. So that's even more data that comes in there. So as time goes on into the future, um, there will be more statistics. And, and with the statistics, there will most likely be more waivers that, that come through. <laughs> and we'll all be out of a job. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely not. Like, so, so I get that all the time. But you know what? There is so many studies. It's interesting because I've had people say that to us in our business. Right? <laughs> I know. I know. I hear that all the time. And, you know, you're saying all this stuff and I'm thinking like, oh, those computers again. There they are. No, but the, you know what they've done is is technology has really enhanced the experience for the consumers, I think, across the board. Right. Um, if you didn't have the technology on the real estate side to be able to do video walkthroughs. Or oh, my Lord. Do, yeah. Like, what would we have done this year in a global pandemic without being able to do a lot of the stuff through technology online? Mortgage process would be, you know, when I started, I used to handwrite applications. I mean, and, and this was only 20 years ago. It wasn't like it was, you know, 80 years ago. Um, it was going to be in there. But what tech, you know, technology, I think, has really enhanced the experience for both buyers and sellers. And all the studies show is that, you know, consumers, even the millennials and even Gen Z, while they want to use technology to be a part of it, and that's where they start, they still want a trusted expert, whether it's mm -hmm. a real estate agent or a mortgage professional, they want to have somebody to talk to. And, you know, you can't talk to a, a, a computer for the most part. But Siri doesn't know everything. I know. I could go into such a deep hole with this because then I'm thinking, but if we didn't have all that technology, would we have been able to do what we did this year? Or would we have just had to stick it through and, and, and go out there and sell homes? But anyway, we could go down this black hole and just go all over the place. And it's, uh, it's definitely... It's definitely something where I do agree with you. I think that it really enhances somebody's experience, you know, wipe it all away. I think it enhances somebody's experience. I think that on the real estate side, I mean, my gosh, if we didn't have computers and 
uh, so much data. I mean, we wouldn't have automatic instant MLS entries. I mean, instant live properties for consumers to look at. I mean, you know, back in the day you were printing out an MLS book and, you know, it was a once a month kind of thing. So it can, it goes either way. I mean, I look at, at it definitely as a positive, even though I'm, I'm, uh, I'm joking about it and <laughs> saying that those appraisers uh, should be scared. But I mean, I, I totally agree with you. So, um, you know, give us a call. We would love to talk to you about properties for sale. We'd love to get you all those properties right away, get you hooked up with our website and, and access to the MLS live feeds. And you can give us a call 813-359-8990, or you can go directly to our website and sign up at uh, duncanduo.com. So the duncanduo.com. And then Mike, one more time, how they get in touch with you before the break. Yeah, you can reach us at crosscountrytampa, all one word, dot com, crosscountrytampa.com, or you can always give me a call at 813-377-2743. All right, and we'll be back right after this quick break. And we're back here on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. Thanks for joining us this Sunday. I'm Robert Johnson, president of the Duncan Duo, here with Mike Corrigan from Cross Country Mortgage. Switching gears a little bit, we wanted to give you some tips, especially you know as we go into the new year, when you're, you know, maybe getting off the fence, maybe your New Year's resolution is to purchase a home, um, which I think especially after this year is a great New Year's resolution to have. If maybe you were taking this year reassessing, saving up, doing what you need to do to get into a new home next year. So you're out there, you're negotiating your purchase experience and you're talking to your agent. So we wanted to go through a list uh, this week that was put out and it says, let's make a deal, seven things you can negotiate when buying a home and beyond the asking price. So I think naturally when people are looking at a home, you know, I think they've almost been conditioned to think, oh, I wonder how, how much I can offer on this home or I wonder how cheap I can get this home for. But there's a lot more in the negotiating process than just what the asking price is and what the price you get it for. And I think a lot of times those those um, those things are as important, if not more so than the asking price. And because I think the asking price, when you're talking a couple thousand, that's not really changing what you're spending month to month on your home. It's very minute. So when you're talking about different things that you can negotiate, I think that that can be big changes as far as money out of pocket for you and then the overall experience of owning your home. So number one on the list, and I think that this is super important, is number one, something you can negotiate is repairs. And it says in a competitive market, buyers might not want to negotiate repairs or might be afraid to negotiate repairs during the inspection process, but it really is a risky idea. And once you're under contract, I think that you, if you have a good agent, I think you can definitely negotiate some kind of repairs or even a credit for repair of a property. Because I think that that's something, if, if you're doing an inspection on a home and you're finding um, repair issues, I think that that's something that's going to have to be addressed right after you move into the property. And sometimes it, it could be like a move-in day or a move-in weekend <laughs> repair that you're going right. to have to be doing. And that, that's stressful when you're moving into a property. Yeah. And, and a lot of people, the article says a lot of people are tempted to forego 
um, even the inspection period, which is can be extremely risky. And we've talked yes. about that before on the show because, you you know, it's put, putting lipstick on a pig, sort of speaks. You know, people try and do that. So I we don't recommend that. You recommend getting an inspection, but you can always negotiate that that some of the repairs do get done before closing or, um, you know, a credit to, to be able to take care of them after closing. Yeah. And, and never, I would say, I, I, I've done so many hundreds of transactions. I can't even remember the last time there was an inspection waiver where somebody didn't do an inspection. I know it happens, but that's definitely not something that I recommend. I know that in other markets, it's, it's more common in a competitive market, but I would say our market's really, 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 really competitive. And it's just not something that's common here, nor do I yep. recommend it. So I agree with Mike totally. Uh, number two, something that you can negotiate during a, a, a home buying process is a time to close. So if your schedule is flexible, you can make a more attractive offer to the seller. So, you know, have your agent talk to their agent. Is there something that the seller prefers as far as the closing time? Do they prefer sooner? Do they prefer later? Are they building a home? Are they buying another home? Are they, are they, you know, going to live with family? If they're older, are they going to live in, in an assisted living facility? It could be anything that could help the seller out during the process. And I think that um, sometimes it might be beneficial to both parties. It might work for you. Maybe, maybe you're in a rental, maybe you have two or three months left on your lease and you thought, oh, well, I'll just eat the cost. But maybe it actually works for the seller to stay in the house for another two to three months. And it, it works better for both parties. And I think that that's something that you can definitely negotiate during the process uh, to the benefit of the seller or to the benefit of you. Yeah. And I think that I, I think that's really important and it can work the other way as well. And this is where it becomes really important just to talk the mortgage side of this. It, it's important who you work with on the mortgage side because of the amount of volume this year is, you know, people that are looking to get a quick close um, and to be able to do things quickly. You know, some of the, the national large banks are telling people, hey, it's going to take 60 days, 45, 60, 75 days to be able to close on a loan. Um, where we're still closing loans in under 30 days and can get that stuff done. So if the seller is on a tight um, time frame and you need, and, and so in order for your offer to stick out, you need to be able to close quick and be able to do that. So it, it can work both ways, either a quick time frame or an extended one, um, you know, can put you ahead in the negotiating. Number three is closing costs. And so this is something that I think, especially for first time home buyers, um, it can be very advantageous to negotiate closing costs. I think it becomes tricky for a seller when you're trying to negotiate price and also negotiate closing costs. Um, I, as a buyer, if I was putting on my buyer hat, I would rather have the closing costs because I'd rather not come out of pocket those thousands of dollars at closing, you know, when really I could paying a couple thousand extra on the mortgage, uh, you know, for the price of the home, it doesn't affect me that much. But that, you know, let's say closing costs are five or ten thousand dollars. I mean, I could do a lot to the home with five or ten thousand dollars instead of just putting it down to close. So I think that that could definitely be advantageous to a buyer, especially if that buyer is also having to make repairs, which is what we talked about earlier, or if the buyer is also having to pay rent, which is what we talked about earlier. I think that closing cost can really help a buyer, and it definitely makes the um 
the entire closing process not seem so daunting as far as savings and down payment and closing costs? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this we, we see this all the time, and it's it's a, it's a part of a lot of the deals that that go in is, you know, a borrower may have limited funds that they can come to closing with, and so getting a three or five thousand dollar credit um, towards closing costs is is you know a big is a big deal right so if they were going to offer instead of offering you know maybe they were going to a house was listed for 250,000 they were going to offer 245 they would still offer the 250 with 5000 towards closing costs you know net net to the seller it's the same but to the buyer um that's huge it's a huge yes. contribution towards the closing costs and for them to finance $5000 more you know, on a typical 30 year mortgage, maybe, you know, 15 or $17 a month, which is no problem at all. Yeah. And I think that that's definitely the way to go if you're a buyer. And sometimes even if it's really competitive, you can still negotiate in the closing costs, but that's yep. something that I, you know, there's a whole bunch of different scenarios. Please reach out to us and we'd love to to work with you on that and how we can save you money there. But um, I definitely think that there's always a way that you can negotiate some kind of closing cost help. Number four is decor. I almost hate to even mention this. I, yeah. I hate this. <laughs> um, please actually don't do this. Don't go through a house uh, with a list and just start checking off things that you want from the seller. But where I do think it be, can become advantageous and especially um, it could be either party where you could want something or the seller, it could be advantageous to you or the seller is something where maybe it's an estate um, where somebody has passed away and their stuff is still in the house, or it's somebody who is buying or selling a vacation home that's furnished a vacation condo that's furnished something like that. So in our market, especially with cash sales, it, it can be something that can be negotiated, but I think only on certain properties. And it's certainly something that you're not going to be getting a loan for. I mean, you're not going to include that in the 30 in the 30 year mortgage, which is where it always gets a little dicey. Right. If if people come to us with a whole bunch of decor, furniture and everything else, and um, you got to give a value to it. Right. And otherwise it's considered uh, what's called an inducement to sell. And so you can't, you know, you can't be able to do that. So the article even mentions that. And I, I'm thankful that they do that. It can complicate if you're getting a loan. Um, that, Thank that goodness coming. they mentioned that. Yeah, I know, <laughs> because it's a lot of people miss that part. And, um, you know, it can get it can get dicey when you start getting a loan. But, um, you know, there are time and place for everything. Right. And there is a time and place for this, um, you know, that that's going to be there. Um, and um, so, you know, it's just another option. Number five, a home cleaning. This this is a little weird. This one. Yeah. Um, it, it, I I would feel a little uncomfortable uh, negotiating a home cleaning. Of course, I'll certainly work as your fiduciary and do it if you would like. But um, but I do think it could it could be a little offensive if you're saying you know I like this house, but I really don't like that it's dirty. However, you know, it, I do think that. Um, it could be said in a good, in a, in a more positive way, I'll say, but I think that that could be a little dicey again, maybe negotiate just a little bit of a closing cost credit. So then you are taking care of the cleaning before you move in. And then, you know, you're the one picking the, the cleaning crew or whatever. Cause who knows, you know, if these people who you're saying don't have a clean house are going to pick the best cleaner anyway. <laughs> so, um, 
number six is a home warranty. I think this is a great piece of advice. Um, I think home warranties are very useful. I've had one on both of the homes that I've bought uh, for my personal homes. So basically what a home warranty is, uh, we've talked about them a lot on the show. We've had some of our home warranty partners on the show, but it's it's purchasing almost, it's not insurance, even though I'm going to call it an insurance policy, but really it's it's like when they say there's a car warranty and your car is covered for however many thousands of miles or an amount of time. So a lot of times home warranties are good for 12 or 13 months and they cover a lot of the the appliances of the home, the plumbing, there, there's a whole bunch of stuff that they cover. You can buy one that is a really cheap policy that doesn't cover a ton, or you can buy one that's an expensive policy that covers everything you can think of. And I think to protect you from being out a lot of money after closing for issues that you might not know about, I think that home warranties, especially for a first time home buyer, are definitely a great, great thing. Yeah. And really, lots of times home warranties are used for things you would never call your insurance company for. Um, so, you know, some of your utility or not your utilities, but, uh, um, you know, your refrigerator breaks down, your dishwasher breaks down, things like that, your, your air conditioning, you're not going to call your insurance company and file a claim because your fridge stopped working. Um, you're not going to be able to, you would never want to, your deductible would be too high, but that's where a home warranty can come in, um, with, with, you know, major appliances. And that's, that's probably the biggest thing that those things cover. Yeah. And then the last thing, which I won't go too deeply on because of time, but it's your own fees and expenses. Um, you know, it talks about trying to negotiate lender fees and expenses again, title insurance. I mean, all that is, is under what I call closing costs and prepaid. So I think that this could have been called six things that you can negotiate because I think that that's just part of the closing costs, um, uh, the closing costs or prepaids, which is prepaid, you know, taxes, prepaid insurance, that kind of stuff. So negotiate all that and closing costs and and call it a day but hopefully those things help you out and you're able to maybe see the value in negotiating some stuff that's not necessarily the sales price and we'll be back right after this quick break on the duncan do a real estate show and we're back here on our final segment on the duncan do a real estate show i'm robert johnson president of the duncan duo here with mike corgan from cross country mortgage thanks for joining us this week we appreciate it one last thing we wanted to talk about, and you know, I don't know how much Andrew's gotten into this on on previous shows because I know we we talk about it every year, but it's basically <laughs> just getting your home on the market and getting it prepared to be on the market over the holidays. Mike, has he gone into this too much? Because I feel like it's uh, it, it is a topic we cover every every year, but I also think it's important to talk about. Yeah, you know, I, I, we have talked about it um, some on the show. I don't, I, I don't know that it's been too much, and I think it's worth bringing up, and and, and we can discuss again because I think there is, um, there can be right ways and wrong ways to 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 do it. So uh, we well, certainly can touch on it again. I would say the biggest thing is if you do go on the market this time of year, and I do think it's a great idea to go on the market this time of year. Absolutely. There's never a lot of competition, so I want to preface it is it's a positive thing you're going on the market this time of year. However. I do think that if you are going to go on the market and you're getting ready to go on the market, um, don't have a ton of Christmas decor or any kind of decor in your marketing photos. Yes. So I, I'm actually, um, I don't think it's bad to have a tree up or anything like that. When, if you, if you're showing your home, I don't think it should look like, you know, Christmas threw up all over everything, but I definitely <laughs> think that holiday decor is great even if you're selling your home but i think that when it comes to the marketing photos um you know the marketing materials i would wait to put all that stuff up 
until after that's already done. And again, I know that these things are probably out, but if you have, if you've had your marketing done and you're on the market and you're, you're not under contract already, you definitely do want to have a discussion with your agent after Christmas, especially going into January about redoing the, the marketing, because the worst thing I think is when we get to March, and even February, and I'm seeing stuff on the MLS with Christmas trees. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's Andrew's mentioned that before. And, and and it dates your it dates your listing, right? It dates your photos. So, you know, most people don't have a Christmas tree up in February and March. So no. if if you're getting your pictures taken now to put your house on the market and getting all that done now and it isn't selling, then it, it is going to certainly date your house and date your listing, um, which may give you less negotiating power if you're a seller. Well, and they're certainly not going to have their Christmas trees up in August or September, which I have seen also on these marketing photos. So please talk to your agent about getting new marketing done. But, you know, um, I do think it's always advantageous. Let's say that you were um, you decided not to go on the market before Christmas. I do think it's very advantageous to maybe have the agent out, maybe talk to them about going on the market, come up with a plan for right after the holidays and then be ready to go and ready to go on the market as soon as January as possible. Because for somebody that lists homes, we get very, very busy in January because a lot of people have waited. And then a lot of people towards the end of January, February, March, they're hitting the market. They're ready to go. They're ready to get their home sold. So I think if you can get a jump on those people and get on the market, in the very beginning of January, as we know, there's a ton of buyers still out there. I think that that's a great thing. So I think that that's something that you can get a jump on everybody. You can get out there, get on the market and come up with a plan with your agent because I there is a lot of stuff to do before you're just ready to sell, ready to be on the market. And I think that you can get a lot of that, that footwork done now. So you're not trying to do it with your agent fresh after the holidays, fresh into January with everybody else that also decide to do the same thing. Yeah, so. absolutely. I think it's such a good idea because you, and you can get prepared and get ahead of the competition. A lot of people slow down this time of year, take time off, off and breaks, and you can take advantage of that opportunity. And um, there's, uh, trust me, there are still a huge amount of buyers out there looking every single day. Oh my um, gosh. You know, waiting for, for homes to buy. So if you can get ahead of the, you know, if you and your neighbor are both looking to list your home, but you take the steps to do it now and your neighbor waits till after the first of the year, um, you may end up fetching a higher price because well, you, you were able to get it there and you, there's people that have been looking and looking for a while. Well, this is not just something that I talk about. I mean, this is stuff that I practice in my everyday you know, real estate life. I have friends, I helped them buy a property um, about two months ago. They moved out of that property. They were ready to put their home on the market. They debated until after Christmas. And I said, guys, listen, get out of your other house, get into your new house, D please. Like, let's get this on the market as soon as possible because nobody is going to be going on the market in December. And there's still no, no homes on the market in this neighborhood. If you look back six months, there's been a lot of sales, but there's nothing on the market right now. And I said, guys, you're going to be the only home on the market. There's people out there that are beating down the doors to find a home in this neighborhood. And you're going to be the only one, I guarantee you, that goes live before Christmas. And so they're going to go live on the market uh, this week. I mean, right before Christmas, because they're ready to go. And I think it's going to sell really, really, really quick. And I think if they waited till January, not that it wouldn't sell because it would, and it would sell still at a great price. But again, there's other things you have to worry about. Is the buyer going to be picky with 
inspections? Is the buyer going to be picky with repairs, with, with cosmetic stuff, with all this other kind of stuff? And when there's no competition out there, the buyer is less likely to, to nitpick over those things. And, and we talked about that earlier. So I think that it's going to give them a huge leg up, not just in the pricing aspect, but because there's no competition out there. And that's what I told them. Yeah, absolutely. So, if you want any more real estate tips about selling your home it, this time of year, any time of year, but especially this time of year, if you're thinking about selling in January, February, you want to get to, you want to get the ball rolling. You want to get tips and you're kind of, maybe you're at home over these couple of weeks. Maybe you're not going back to the office with what's going on right now. And you have, you know, time to get things done. You want to get projects done and you're kind of, you're just in the mode where you're wanting to get stuff ready to go for a home sale. Call us now. We'd love to walk you through the process. We'd love to give you some tips, tricks, and advice. We can come out to your home in person. We can do it, you know, on Zoom. We can do it on Skype. We can do whatever works for you. We are, are certified um, in different programs to make that happen. And we can help you, especially if you want to make a real estate move next year. Give us a call at our office. Again, the Duncan Duo team, 813-359-8990. You can go to our Facebook, our social accounts. We're Duncan Duo team on there. Or you can go to our website, theduncanduo.com. Reach us out. Uh, reach out to us there. You can send us messages. You can email us. You can fill out forms. You can get MLS access. Anything you want, we're able to help you. Mike, how do they get in touch with you one final time? Yeah, go to crosscountrytampa.com, all one word, crosscountrytampa.com, or you can reach out to us at 813-377-2743, 813-377-2743. Awesome. Thanks for joining us this Sunday, Tampa Bay. We appreciate you. We'll be back next week on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. Thanks.